Good morning, everyone. Welcome to chapel. We're going to begin with a couple of important announcements. This is Hannah. She's here from Tri-Delt, and uh, she's going to tell you about something going on this week on the campus. Hi, guys. Like you said, my name's Hannah, and I'm with Tri-Delta, and this week we're sponsoring on campus Fat Talk Free Week. You might be wondering what Fat Talk is. Have you ever said something like, oh my goodness, I really need to lose weight, or wow, you look so good. Have you been working out? Or oh my goodness, she should not be wearing those pants that size. These are examples of fat talk, and while they sound funny, they can be really damaging to our society and our ideal of what our bodies should look like. And they lead to some startling statistics, like 54% of women would rather be hit by a truck than be fat. And one out of eight, ad you laugh, but it's a serious deal. One out of eight adolescent girls have reported starving themselves to lose weight, and over 10 million females in the United States are suffering from anorexia and bulimia. So this is a serious issue that we're working to combat this week through Fat Talk Free Week. Ways you can get involved and participate are pick up these Fat Talk Free Week pledge cards outside of chapel today from one of the Tri-Deltas and pledge to end Fat Talk. Stop by one of our tables around campus and participate in our activities. And also come by Zumba on Thursday at 4.30 behind the BSB. Um, and we'll have door prizes and a great time. So pledge to end Fat Talk today. Thank y'all. Thanks, Hannah. And then from our freshman leadership organization, this is Scott and Elliot, and they also have an important announcement. Hey, everyone. Um, I'm Scott. I'm Elliot. And we're from Flow, which is a freshman leadership organization, and we're here to tell you a little about our par costume party Friday night at the Cameron Park Zoo. Um, costume party will for me be from 8 to midnight, and it'll be $5. Tickets will be on sale in all cafeterias this week um, from 11 to 1, and the tickets are $13 if you get the shirt and the ticket, or the shirts are just $10. And um, money proceeds go to Talitha Coom, which is an organization. Uh, Talitha's Coom is a multi-generational um, families that are in multi-generational poverty, so we're helping, trying to help them out there. So if you guys would want to come out, bring your best costume, bring all your best friends. And again, we're meeting at Friday, October 29th from 8 to midnight at the Cameron Park Zoo. So thank you guys. Thank you, guys. Good to have you here. <clears throat> Let's pray together as we begin chapel today. Lord, we lift our hearts to you, remembering that life is a gift. This day is a gift. This moment is a gift. Help us to live gratefully through Christ. Amen. We've got a great chapel for you this morning. Reverend Brian Carter is here with us. Brian is the senior pastor of the Concord Church of Dallas. He is our speaker today and a gifted and skillful, passionate communicator of God's truth. And he'll be joining us on the stage in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to introduce to you a friend of mine, Cynthia Clawson, is here with us today. She was in town last night at First Baptist Church singing, and uh, when I found out she was going to be here, I said, come over and sing a song for us. The first time I heard Cynthia, I was sitting, I know where I was, third seat, third row, because we had assigned seats back then. Cynthia, most of you have grown up around contemporary Christian music 
you're aware of that and you enjoy that. Cynthia was one of the first contemporary Christian artists. She's a Grammy-winning singer. She was in Waco, and a, a friend of mine, someone who has really been kind of a priest in some ways to me, one of the healers of my life, and I said, come over and sing for our chapel students. And I, I just wanted you all to meet her and her to meet you all. And then Reverend Carter will be out after she comes and sings for us. Cynthia, welcome her to the stage. You might be old, but I'm not. <laughs> Lord, I'm not sure what I think about you anymore Because it, it seems that the answers don't fit like they did once before Though I hate to admit I'm afraid Still it's all that I can do And I might find my courage again if you could see me through All things work for our good Sometimes we can't see how they could Struggles that break our hearts in two Sometimes blind us to the truth Our Father knows what's best for us But His ways are not ours so when your pathway grows dim And you just can't see him Remember you're never alone God is too wise to be mistaken God is too his heart He sees the master plan He holds our futures in his hand So don't live as those who have no hope All our hope is found
So when you don't understand When you don't see his plan When you can't trace his hand Trust his such an honor to be with you today during this chapel service uh, be able to share a few words that I hope can encourage you as you continue uh, through your coursework as you continue through your advancement here at Baylor University um, I just want to ask you want to begin by asking you a simple question what what are you what are you stressed about what what, what is it that 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 has you worried what is it that is causing you anxiety Maybe it's a test that you've got coming up this week. Maybe it's a paper that you haven't even started on. Maybe it's a class that you just go to the class and you get stressed. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a breakup. It's amazing, but life seems to be filled with stress. You know, even as a child of God, even as someone that loves God, there are times in all of our lives when we find ourselves stressed. But I believe the Bible has an answer. The Bible has uh, a method that we can use to deal with the stress of our life. In your Bible, in, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8, we find a description of how to deal with stress in life. Here's what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious. Don't be stressed out about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I just want to give you a, a little description, a little formula for how to deal with stress in your life. 
The first thing we discover from this passage that one of the best ways we can deal with stress is to learn how to rejoice. Can you say that with me? Say rejoice. Say it loud. Say rejoice. rejoice. Say rejoice. rejoice. The text says rejoice in the Lord. He says it again. He says rejoice. I'll say it again. Rejoice. He says one of the best ways to deal with the stress of life is to learn to be joyful for what God has already done. He, he, he describes Paul as the writer of this text. And Paul is writing from prison. And as Paul writes from prison to this Philippian church that's having some hard times, he says, I want you to remember to rejoice in the Lord. Friends, we live in this little joy world. I don't know if you noticed it, but many times people that you encounter, no one really has joy in life anymore. You search the internet, you find little joy there. You talk to your friend, there's little joy there. You get a text message, there's little joy there. Many people walk around life without having any joy in life. But the text tells us this, that when you're a child of God, when you have a relationship with God, then he becomes the source of your joy. He becomes the source that you can understand that even when everything else is not going in life like you anticipate, even when things are happening at the rate that you can't even imagine, he says you can still find joy in God because God sent his son, Jesus, to die for our sins. And it's in that salvation that we have joy. Friends, we have to learn in life that regardless of what life may throw at us, regardless of what situations we may encounter, we cannot allow a person, a problem, or a situation to steal the joy out of our lives. Because our joy comes from God. It comes from how God has delivered us and how God has kept us and how God protects us and how God has promised to us. When you have that kind of God on your side, you have a reason to be joyful. So look at your neighbor and smile and say, smile, you look better that way. Yeah, you do. You look better that way. We walk around with frowns on our face. We walk around mad at the world. But you've been, God has done so much for you in your life. God has blessed you. God has provided for you. God has kept you. And you've got to learn to have joy even in stressful times. <laughs> because life will try to make you focus on the bad things of life. Life will try to make you focus on what's going wrong rather than what's going, on, what's going right. He says, learn how to rejoice. But he doesn't stop there. He says, not only learn to rejoice, but then he says, learn to re-pray. I'm a pastor, so I get to make up words every now and then. That's what pastors do from time to time. And I'm introducing to you a new word. It's re-pray, R-E-P-R-A-Y. Re-pray, that's my word. Put it on Wikipedia for me, put my name by it. Re-pray, that's my word, okay? Re-pray is right here in Scripture because he, keep, he says it this way. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but, but in everything, pray by petition with thanksgiving, present your requests. He keeps saying prayer, but he says it, or pray, but he says it over and over again. He, he says, one of the best ways to deal with the stress of life is by prayer. He says, don't be anxious about anything. I want you to pray about everything. Prayer is one of those things that, for whatever reason, we kind of leave it on the side of the road. We pick it up when we need it. If we need it, great. If we don't, so be it. But this text suggests 
that friends, that stress is best dealt with by giving the things that stress us to God. By not just talking to our friends, not just talking to family, but talking to God about the things that are bothering us in our hearts. The things that, that, are, that are weighing us down. Maybe it's a relationship, a breakup that's recently happened in your life. You're struggling trying to work through it, but he says, pray about it. Maybe it's a course that you're having difficulty in that's pulling more out of you than you even think you have in you. He says, pray about it. Maybe it's the balance of trying to work, study. He says, pray about it. Maybe it's a, a habit that you have. Maybe it's sexual temptation that you're struggling with. Maybe it's alcohol, whatever the case may be. He says, I want you to learn to pray about it. He says, whatever is stressing you out, instead of trying to handle it all by yourself, he says, you have a God that's waiting to hear about what you, what you care about. You have a God that's waiting to, to, to share with you and to help you through what's stressing you in life. He would go on to say, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. He really does. He, he cares for you. It, it, you know, we live in this highly technological world. You know, everybody has their iPads and their iPhones. Everybody loves technology. I love technology too. But at the same time, Sometimes there are some things that are old, but they still work. You know, prayer is one of those things. It's old. It's been around for 4,000 years, but it still works. It, it, it worked for Abraham when he was finding a new territory that God would send him to. It worked for Daniel when he was trapped in the lion's den by the people that were hating on him in his life. It, it, it worked for those three Hebrew boys as they were in that fiery furnace. It worked for Paul when he was incarcerated. It worked for Peter when he was in jail as well. Prayer still works. It may be 4,000 years old. It may not be as sophisticated as some of the toys that we have. But listen, it still works. And along with your iPad and your iPod and your, your, your iPod, you need to have an iPray. Because your iPray will help you in every season and situation in life. Matter of fact, God does have an app for that. Oh, yeah, you, you're worried about family? He's got an app for that. You, you're worried about that test? He's got an app for that. You're worried about that paper? He's got an app for that. You're worried about that woman, that young girl? He's got an app for that. You're worried about him? He's got an app for him, too. God has an app for every situation in life. There is no situation that he cannot handle. He says, I want you to pray. But the text says, something happens when God, when you pray text says this, when you pray, God gives you his peace. Oh, friends, that's an incredible promise. Listen, he says, you pray, I'll give you peace. So you mean the reason I'm still stressed about this? The reason I'm still staying up late at night? The reason I'm still stuck in this relationship when I know it's not good for me? The reason I'm still here is because I haven't prayed? He said, possibly yes. Because the text says, if you pray, He'll give you peace. And this peace that he's talking about is not any kind of peace. This is a, a special type of peace. First of all, it's godly peace because it says the peace of God. But then he says it's great peace because it's a peace that will pass all your understanding. Greater than you can even, you, you won't even understand why you're not worried anymore. But then he says it's a guarding peace. It's a peace that's going to guard your heart and it's going to guard your mind. So that you won't keep going back there over and over again. He says, if you pray, I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you a peace that's going to protect your heart. 
It's going to protect your mind. It's going to protect you from having to worry about it over and over and over again. Someone's saying, but pastor, if I, if I say that, Brian, if I, if I pray, it keeps coming back up. Well, that's when you got to re-pray again. And when it comes up, you got to re-pray again. And when it comes up, you got to re-pray again. Because as you pray, he will give you his peace. You got to rejoice. You got to re-pray. But last, you got to rethink. When you get down to verse, uh, verse number 8 in, in Philippians 4, he, he begins to say that you got to watch what you're thinking about. Someone once said, deliver me from stinking thinking. He says, if you're thinking about the wrong things, then that's going ha- to cause you to be even more stressed out. So he says, this is what I want you to think about. Think about what's true. Think about what's noble. Think about what's right. Think about what's pure, what's lovely, what's admirable, what's excellent, what's praiseworthy. He says, if you want to spend your time and energy on anything, just learn to th- put your mind and your focus on those types of things. He said, this is the, the entire criteria. This is the, the whole syllabus for how to have a stress-free life, is to learn how to think in the right way. Somehow or another, our minds are attached to the negative things that we see in life. Somehow we have an affinity. We are drawn to negativity. We are drawn to gossip. We are drawn to those things that, that, that bring us down rather than bringing us up. Paul says, I'm in jail, but Paul says, I've learned how to not let the stress of life weigh me down. He says, I, I, I'm worried about the churches. I'm worried about my, my friends. He says, but listen, I've learned how to think about the right things. And if I think about the right things, it helps me to overcome the stress rather than the stress overcoming me. Friends, life is full of stresses. As a college student, you you live in a stressful time. All of the deadlines you have to meet, all of the organizations you're involved in, the tuition expenses that you have to deal with, your family that you're away from, you're still discovering, uh, trying to get engaged in the right relationship. You're trying to work through all the things that are happening in your life. But I pray that you will allow this particular passage to speak to your life. I pray that you allow this particular passage to speak to your heart and say, you know what? I don't have to be stressed about everything in life. That if I can find a way to learn how to rejoice in what God has already done, if I can find a way to learn how how to repray about the things that are worrying me out, if I can find a way to learn how to rethink, not so much about all the negative, but find the good, even in the bad, then God has helped me on my way to have a less stressed life. A young man was there before a king, and the king told him, I want you to draw me a picture of peace. So this artist, he began to quickly gather his tools and his, his paintbrushes and paint, and there with that canvas, begin to sketch out a picture, of, uh, a picture of peace. The first picture he drew was a picture of a beach scene. The king said, no, no, that's not peace. He said, I'm going to give you one last chance, and I'm going to take your head if you don't draw me a picture of peace. And this time, the artist again got another chance, and he began to draw a beautiful nature scene. He began to draw all the different aspects of nature. 
The king said, that's it. Take off his head. He said, no, king, no, king. Give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. And this time, he, he drew a storm. He drew lightning. He drew rain. He drew the dark clouds. But then he drew a tree, and on the tree was a bird that was sleeping in the midst of the storm. He said, now that's peace. Peace is not when your life is full or empty from problems and issues. But peace is when, even when there's chaos around you, you still keep your heads. Even when there's chaos around you, you find the peace that comes from the God that you serve. Would you stand with me and let's have a word of prayer. I'm going to ask you first if you would bow your head and have a time of prayer about anything that's stressing you, about anything that's worrying you. I want to give you a chance right now to apply what you just heard and begin to talk to God, telling him what you're grateful for, but at the same time releasing to him those things that have been heavy on your heart. Right now, just talk to God, and I will close us in prayer. find the help we need for every situation in life. Dear Lord, we thank you that even when life seems to want to stress us out from relationships, from coursework, from just the demands on our lives, we thank you, God, that through your word, you say we can bring it to you and that you would give us your peace. And so, dear God, we claim that promise through your word that right now in this room, we are receiving your peace. We are receiving the peace that goes, passes all of our understanding. Peace that will allow us to keep our head among all the other issues that we battle day to day. Peace that will allow us to rejoice even in our struggles. Lord, I thank you for every young man, every young woman under the sound of my voice. May you bless them as they go forth to do the work you've called them to do throughout this campus. May you bless them as they continue to seek to know you and to trust you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Enjoy your day.